0: Good morning, Faith Church, man. It's good to see you guys here, man. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We know that there's a lot of places that you could have been uh, this morning with vacation and a holiday weekend, but we're glad that you decided to be a part of Faith Church. And we just trust that God's going to use today to speak into your life and to speak into your home. And, man, we've already had an incredible time of worship, man. So thankful for God's presence, but can we give it up for our worship team, man? They practice incredibly hard and rehearse. Man, we appreciate Archie and Tyler, his team. Thanks, guys, so much. Well, hey, listen, if, uh, if you've not been here for a couple weeks, you may not be, know where we are. We started a series a couple weeks ago entitled Mango. Everybody say mango. Mango. Mango is a fruit, as many of you know, and we've used it just as a way to talk about the fruit that we find in God's Word and what it looks like in our life. In fact, we've been saying this every week, that fruit is fundamental, That fruit, when you find it in Scripture, it's a key part of who we are as God's people. It's a key part in and through our life. In fact, week one, we talked about what some fruit is. In Galatians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul, he tells us that fruit is this external evidence of an internal work. Basically, if you belong to Christ, if you've put your faith in Jesus... That there should be this kind of external evidence, there should be this reality in your life that it looks like that you're growing in your faith and you're becoming more and more like the Savior you serve. So again, it doesn't mean we're perfect, but it means that we're moving the direction of being more like Jesus. And then we talked about in week two, well, if if there should be fruit in our life, how do we get it? Week two, we learned that Jesus spent some time talking about this and ultimately he said this, he said, listen, you're not going to do this thing on your own. He said, this is, a, this is really a supernatural work. This is a God thing. But here's what we learned is that, that, while, uh, that while we can't do it without God, God won't do it without us. So it's a partnership that as God works in us, as the Holy Spirit lives in us, ultimately he's going to produce that fruit, that character change, that life change as we yield to God, as we surrender our life to him. And then last week, we went kind of a different direction, and we talked about really kind of what's the purpose of fruit, and the purpose of fruit, while in our own personal life it's to help us be more like Christ, which is the goal. The goal of fruit is not to be put on display. It's not like, hey, I have patience and you don't. <laughs> That's not the goal. That's not the goal of fruit. That's not the goal. The goal of fruit, the fruit is not to be displayed, fruit is to be eaten. And what we said is this is Jesus, you know what? Jesus had fruit in his life. He carried an amazing character through his culture and through his community, that impact and change people's lives. And he described the way his life functioned this way. He said, I'm the bread of life. I'm the living water. When people come in contact with me, I feed them in a way that changes who they are. And so since we're called to be like Christ, we should feed the culture that we live in. We can change the culture, the community. We can change and influence our schools and our workplaces, our cubicle areas, our neighborhoods. By the way that we live for Christ, when people encounter us, we can influence them by the character and the fruit in our life. And so today, I want to go a whole different direction. I'm excited about the things that God's given me to share today. Today, uh, I want to talk about fruit in a little bit different way. But let me start, maybe just give you a heads up on this series we're going into. How many people remember when you were a kid, and any time before you would go into someone's home, before you'd visit somewhere, your mom and or your dad would sit down and give you the talk? And the talk was this, don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. You're just to sit there and be quiet. You're to be seen uh, and not heard. Just don't touch anything. My mom would tell me, and she would start with Mr. Mr., don't touch anything, which is her way of saying, I'll kill you if you do. (laughs) And and, and she would have to tell us that. And and here's why. Because we would go in, if if you don't tell us that, it don't matter that they told us last time. If they don't tell us this time, we're going to go in, hey, what's this, Mr.? Hey, can I see this? Hey, what's this? And we're, we're touching all kind of stuff that we shouldn't put our hands on. And so mom and dad gives us a hands-off rule. And it starts when we're really young, right? It doesn't just happen when we're, when we're a little bit older. All the time, from the time you're a baby, what, man, we love our babies and we love to hold them and tell them how cute they are and love to tell them how special they are. But you know what? One of the number one things we tell our kids once they start crawling and, and, and start walking, don't touch that. Don't touch that. We tell our kids so many times, don't touch that. I'm surprised they don't grow up thinking their name is. Don't touch that. Do you know why? Here's why. Watch, watch. This is so key. We tell our children multiple times over and over and over again. They wander, towards, they wander towards a plug. Hey, don't touch that. They go over to something hot. Hey, don't touch that. Everywhere they go, don't touch it. Why? It's because first of all, we don't want them to touch stuff that doesn't belong to them. But more importantly, because we love them and we care for them, we recognize that if they touch certain things, they're going to get hurt. Isn't that Right? The reason we tell them over and over and over again, don't touch that, is because we care about them. We want the best for them, and we don't want them to get hurt. I remember some good friends of ours at our previous church, had, they had four sons. Yeah, just get your mind around that. We would go visit them and couldn't wait to leave uh for it was like chaos so but they had when they were younger their smallest child Sammy uh she was she was baking some cookies the mom and she took the sheet of cookies out and turned around to set them on the counter and when she did that little Sammy 2 years old walked up and put his hands right on the open oven and got third degree burns so you know what we got to keep telling people hey come on say it with me don't touch that do you know that in the right in the beginning here's where we're going to go today right in the beginning god makes everything he makes an amazing creation he makes man make and sets him in the garden. And you know the first thing that God says to Adam and Eve? Don't touch that. That's the first thing God says, don't touch that. In fact, watch this. In Genesis chapter 2, read it with me. It says, the Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, read it with me, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden. Come on, what did he say? You can freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. So watch this. God says, hey, listen, man, this is all yours. This is all, look at this amazing creation. And it's all for you. You can frolic around, you can have fun, you can play in it. Every tree here you can eat of. But he said, there's one tree, don't touch it. There's one tree, don't touch it. All the rest is yours, but there's one tree. It belongs to me, don't touch it. And did she listen? Like a rotten little two-year-old. No, Adam and Eve didn't listen. They disobeyed the hands-off rule. And watch this. uh, Satan comes along and he tells, in spite of what God said, God said, you touch it, you're gonna die. Satan says this, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced, so she's listening to Satan. Here's God. God comes along and says, hey, listen, listen, I want the best for you. I want you to do things my way, and if you don't do things my way, there are consequences. Satan comes along, not just to them, but he does this to all of us, and he says, hey, God has it all backwards, It's not best to do it God's way. It's best to do it your way. And if you don't do it God's way, he said there's consequences. I want you to know there's no consequences. So God says, hey, every tree, it's yours. You can have it, but one tree belongs to mine. It's mine. Don't touch it. Servant comes along and says, hey, listen, you can touch that fruit. You can eat that fruit. She was absolutely convinced what he said. So watch this. So she saw the tree was beautiful. Lust of the eyes. And its fruit looked delicious. That's the lust of the flesh. We want it for us. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. And so what she said was this, hey, I I think God's holding out on me. I don't believe what God has told me is true. I believe there's a different wisdom. I refuse to humble myself to what God said. I refuse to bow my knee to what he said. And so I I, I just believe that that my wisdom is, is better. I believe that there's a different way, a better way. So watch this. So she took some of the fruit, read it with me, and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her and he ate it too. And we know exactly what happened, right? So Satan comes along and here's here's the story ultimately that Satan tempted Adam and Eve to eat God's divine portion. That again, God said, all the rest is yours, but this small portion is mine. And if you eat it, if you touch what belongs to me, if you touch the divine portion, there are consequences. You're going to get hurt. And he says here, he says, you're surely going to die. Here's what I want to tell you on the front end, our fill in the blank, inside of your bullets. And I think this is so huge, and we're going to come back here a couple times a day. That any time, watch this, when you start touching what belongs to God, he stops touching what belongs to you. Let's say that again. Every voice here. When you start touching what belongs to God, he stops touching What belongs to you think about it adam and eve had an incredible place Everything was blossoming. Everything was perfect an incredible marriage. Everything was awesome sex life was wonderful It was an incredible relationship with god was perfect. It couldn't be a better day roll tide They won their opening game. Everything was magical God's hand was on everything But as soon as they put their hand on god's stuff god took his hand off their stuff and there were consequences And I think this principle is absolutely true. It's not just true then. I think it's still true now. And so because God is our heavenly father, the same way we tell our children, hey, don't touch that. God has come along often and repeatedly and told us, don't touch that. And for some reason, we still think that God's holding out. For some reason, we think that there's a better way. And so Solomon gave us this admonition, gave us this challenge in Proverbs chapter three. Read it with me. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Basically, he's saying this. Hey, listen, you gotta trust God. What does it mean to trust God with all of your heart? It means in every situation, everything you face, in every circumstance in life, in everything, we need to trust God. Now, I just want you to know that's not easy. There are things that God says that I don't agree with. I know I'm not the only one. I read things and I think, that's dumb There's things that, that I read and I think it makes sense, but I don't like it Love my love my enemy How about I punch my enemy and then pray for him and jesus you can heal him and we both win it's a win-win Right But no god comes along he says hey, listen i'm gonna say things to you and i'm gonna show things to you I'm gonna reveal my will for your life and he's saying listen, there's gonna be times you don't like it there are going to be times that you don't agree with what my will is for your life. But he says this. He says, hey, trust me with all of your heart. And don't depend or don't lean on your understanding. Do you know why? Because when we lean on our understanding, we fall. It can't hold us up. Let's just be honest. How many of you here have ever depended on your own understanding and you fail? Wave at me. A lot of us, man, we've done things our way and we fail. So God says, hey, when you do it my way. Every single time, it'll absolutely hold you up. So this principle, when we obey, the hand's off. When we trust his word, hand's off. There's absolutely benefits to be had. In fact, Proverbs says it this way. Verse 6, chapter 16. Listen, come on, everyone read it here. Those who listen to instruction will... Y'all don't seem near as excited as I am about that word. Now tell me this is not an incredible word that every person, I don't care who you are, how old you are, I can tell you something about every person in this room, every person watching online. Every single person wants to do this in their life, wants to do this in their marriage, wants to do this in their spiritual journey. Come on, am I I, I telling the truth? So let's say it like we want it. Those who listen to instruction will prosper. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. Here's, Here's another translation. It says you'll be blessed. God's saying, if you'll trust me to do what I say and not what you feel, if you'll trust and do things the way I'm calling you to do them, if you'll not touch the divine portion, you're gonna be blessed. The word blessed basically means this. It means to be on the receiving end of the tangible and intangible favor of God. (laughs) To be on the receiving end of the tangible and intangible favor of God. I'm just telling you what God's promise is. God's promise is, hey, listen, if you'll trust me, if you'll lean on me, if you'll do things my way, then I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to bless you. And that blessing, a lot of us here, we've experienced it. We've experienced it. We've already experienced the intangible. A lot of us in this room, man, we are saved. God has given us salvation. God has given us his Holy Spirit. Come on, that's awesome. But it doesn't end there. I believe, listen to me, to prosper, to be blessed is to be on the receiving end of the, not just the intangible, but the tangible favor of God. And I just want to say this today right here that I think the key place that God calls us in the area of obedience, the key place that God calls us in the area of our life that we need to trust God, the key place that we need to stop touching the divine portion is in the area of finances. Oh, I know some of you are like, see, Linda, you got me roped into this church and I've been here two weeks and I like it. And I knew they'd start talking about money eventually. Every, every church they go to, they just want your money. Listen, everywhere you go, they want your money. I'm going to stop going to church because they just want my money. Listen, you go into Target. You know what? They just want your money. Yeah. Nobody's like, I'm out of here. All they want is my money. <laughs> you go to the movies. You know what they want? They want your money. Go to Belk. Nobody's like storming out. of. No one picks up a shirt and says, there's a price tag on it. What? All they want is my money. <laughs> Why is it when we start talking about God in the context of money that people start pushing back. Do you know why? Because people get funny when you start talking about money. People get funny when you start talking about the context of money. But you know what? Let me just tell you. Do you know you can't even talk about salvation without talking about money? Did you know that? In Ephesians chapter 1, the Bible says that we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Do you know the word redemption is a financial term? It's an accounting term. The Bible says in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, that we have been bought... Come on, church. We have been bought by the blood of God. 1 Corinthians 6 says it this way. 1 Corinthians 6 says your body, if you're a Christ father, doesn't belong to you. It belongs to him. Do you know why? You've been purchased. You've been bought with a price. Think about how powerful that is. That means, again, you can't even have a conversation about the basics, the 411, the ABCs of salvation without talking about finances. Now, let me just be clear. Watch this. Let me just be clear. That doesn't mean that your salvation is dependent at all on your giving let me be absolutely clear we are saved by christ in christ alone in through faith alone by grace alone absolutely there's nothing you can do in your power in your choice outside of faith to make you saved so your giving your reading your church attendance nothing however so while it's not a salvation issue let me tell you what it is it is a lordship issue everybody say lordship <laughs> that means that jesus didn't just come to be your buddy he came to be the king He didn't show up to be just the friend. He came to sit on the throne of your heart. That means he wants to have the final say, the only say of who we are, what we do, how we live, who we choose to hang with, the decisions we make. He came to be king. He wants to be the Lord. So money is not a salvation issue. It is a lordship issue. Let me tell you what else it is. It's not just a lordship issue. It is a trust issue. We demonstrate by how we handle our resources, our money, specifically by making a constant decision. Everybody shout hands off, hands off to the divine portion. When we say, God, you've given me this and I'm going to love this, enjoy this, have this, but God, I'm not going to touch that. The divine portion belongs to God. That's a trust issue. It's not just a lordship issue and not just a trust issue. Let me tell you another thing about what finances are. It's ultimately a love issue. It's a love issue. This whole thing we're in is about a relationship with God. How many people here are married today? How many people are in a a marriage? You're, You're married. Right here. Okay. Let me just tell you something, Paige. If every day you came home and he's like, I love you. And Randy's like, I love you, baby, in the morning. I love you. I love you. I love you. He don't ever buy you flowers. Don't ever, ever else say anything to you. Never helps around the house. Never does, never rubs your feet. If he never does anything, but says, I love you. At what point are you going to say, I hear you, but you need to show me. Show me. Come on. Everybody shout, show me. me. What what God says, I think at some time is our worship is wonderful. But I think at some point God looks at us and says, show me. Mm -hmm. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Mm -hmm. And the area that God calls us to show him is in the area of our finances, in the area of our money. Now, I know, listen, I know some of you are mad. I know some of you. Listen, don't write me an email. When I get home, I don't want to read any emails from anybody. You know, I knew he was going to talk about money. All the church wants is money. Instead of writing me an email, you need to send God an email. Here's what your email needs to sound like God, I don't understand why preachers always talk about money. God, help me to understand. Every time I go to church, all they want to do is talk about money. God, why is it? I don't understand why 18 out of the 38 uh, teachings that you taught in Scripture, I don't understand why 18 out of 38 parables were about money. There must have been a reason. God, God, I I, I love faith. And you gave us over 500 scriptures on faith and prayer. I love prayer. And God, you gave us over 500 scriptures on prayer. Money, why did you give us 2,000 scriptures on money? God, I don't understand how one out of every seven scriptures in the Bible has to do with money. God, it seems like you got something to say about money too. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you? Listen, what I want you to know is the reason God tells us over and over and over again about money is, is here's why. Is because when you have a little kid, you don't tell them, don't touch once. You have to say it over and over and over and over. Come on, over and over. Say it over and over. Say it over and over and over. Do you know why? Because sometimes we just stop listening. Sometimes we just kind of forget. And so why does God repeat more than any other subject in Scripture the issue of money? is because he knows. That's the area that we need help the most. And so let me just tell you when, again, so Satan comes along and tempts Adam and Eve to take the divine portion, God's part that we shouldn't touch. The divine portion in scripture later became known as the tithe. Everybody say the tithe. tithe. The tithe is 10%, not nine, not five, not three, two, one, point five, point one. 0.5, 0.1, it's 10%. Basically, God was saying everything that you have, I've given to you, but 10%, there's a 10th of it is the divine portion it's mine don't touch it it belongs to me and we see this principle throughout scripture watch 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 we see it everywhere we look we see the principle of the tithe we see the principle of first the firstborn the first fruit and god says over and over again the first is mine and not just the first the first tenth of the tithe is mine not just the leftover but the best is mine and God says, I know it doesn't make sense. I know you think you, I know you think you're smarter, I know you think you want to do it your way, but God says, trust me. God says, don't lean on your understanding. Trust me. And God says, I'll bless you, I'll prosper you. You'll be on the receiving end of the tangible and intangible favor of God. And we see it over and over. I can give you lots and lots of examples. Not just did Eve blow it and touch God's divine portion and was cursed. But there's a story in the book of Joshua. Some of you guys remember this story. In the book of Joshua, right, the nation of Israel, they come out of the wilderness into the land that God promised them. And there's 10 cities. Everybody say 10. There, there's, there's 10 cities that they have to go in and they have to conquer these 10 cities to take possession of the land. And they go into the first city. And some of you here know the name of it because you've been in church and you grew up in Sunday school. And this is like one of these Sundays. It's the, it's the Battle of Jericho. It's the Battle of Jericho, Jericho. And you ain't been in church you ain't never done a Jericho march. That's when church just gets going. People start running and shouting, you in church. And so, right, why? Because they march around the wall once a day, six days, they're marching. In the seventh day, they march around seven times, and after the seventh time, they shout. And supernaturally, the walls fall down. And God divinely hands them the city. But then he says this, wait, 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 wait. You know how many cities there are? There's 10. One tenth belongs to me. And not just the tenth, the first. This city is mine. Don't touch it. You're going to see gold and silver, and you're going to think, I got the bling. No, don't touch it. That's mine. You're going to see cows and sheep and goats, and you're going to want to take possession of them. It's mine. Don't touch the divine portion. Don't touch the tithe. And there's this one guy, and his name is Achan. Do you know why? Because he was aching after God put a beating on him. And he's seen a glimmer, and he's like, hey, there's some gold. Anybody looking around? He snatched some up, put it in his pocket, took it home, and buried it. In his backyard. And anytime you disobey God, anytime, listen, watch this. This is so key. Keep hearing this. Anytime you start to touch what belongs to God, he stops touching what belongs to you. And so God's hand was on that nation. And when they started touching what belonged to God, God removed his hand. God removed his favor. They went to the next city. It was the smallest of the 10 cities. They should have whooped butt. They should have kicked butt and take names While they were there, smallest city. However, they got overpowered. Do you know why? Because they didn't have God's hand on them. And God went back and he rebuked them. He said, hey, go to Achan's house. He's taken the divine portion. He touched what I told him specifically not to touch. And so we see this principle over and over and over and over and over again that the divine portion, the tenth, the tithe, it's not ours. It belongs to God. When we give it to God, he blesses us. When we hold on to it, it curses us. I just would say it maybe maybe this way while we're talking about it. Here's a a little pile of mangoes I want to talk about for just a few minutes. This is my pile of mangoes. These mangoes represent my stuff. Now, everybody here has a pile of mangoes, except college students. This is everybody, really, everybody has a pile of mangoes. And, and, And some of us have a little pile of mangoes, and some of us have a medium pile of mangoes. Some of you here got a big pile. Some of you have a big old honking pile of mangoes and, and, and you live on the river. And, and, and it's okay, but everybody has different piles of mangoes. But, but watch, watch, watch. God says, listen, and Steve, these are yours. I blessed you with them. And so God's given me 10 mangoes. And so watch this. He says, watch, watch. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. This one here, this isn't yours, Steve. This is mine. This is the divine portion. Not half of one, not part of one, not one when you feel like it. The first, the tenth, the best is mine. And God says, listen to me. He says, I I want you to do the right thing because, because, because. He says, listen, he says, I want you to understand this. He said, this is so key. I want you to understand that if you hold on to the divine portion, if you keep the divine portion, then it removes my hand of favor and blessing on your life. And see, the lie is that a lot of us in this room are like, Pastor you not don't, you don't understand. I'm struggling already. I don't have enough resources already. I've got bills piling up already. I can't, I, can't afford, I can't afford to tithe. I just want to tell you, listen to me, you're leaning on your own understanding. I just would, listen, I just would rather trust God and believe what God said. I would rather have a blessed 90% than a cursed 100% all day, every day. Are y'all hearing me? So... So God says, this one right here, I'm throwing this right in the light, and I'm going to drop it. God says, this one right here, it belongs to me. So what are we supposed to do with it? Is it it really a big deal? Well, watch what the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3 about God's divine portion, about the 10th, the tithe, the 10% of all the resources that God put in your hands. Watch what he says. Every voice here. If you've never read a scripture, like some of you just move your mouth, but you don't say anything, I know who you are. Don't worry. I want you to to scream these verses with me. It's powerful scriptures, great promises, but watch this. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. He's saying, you've not trusted me. You've not done it my way. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. This is so key, watch. A lot of us in this room, we're like, hey, I'm close to God. And God says, you know, there are times and there are areas of our life that we can wander away from him and not even realize it. He says, you think you're close to me, but you're not. Again, this is not a salvation issue. Let's be clear. But he says, there are areas in your life that you think you're close to me and you're not. And he says to them, he says, return to me and I'll return to you. Watch their question in return? Next verse. But you ask, how can we return when we've never gone away? God, I thought I was close to you. God says, uh-uh. You thought you were close, but there's something that you need to do to come my way. And if you start coming my way, I'll start coming your way. The New Testament says it this way. If you'll draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. And they start to ask another question. Watch this. God asks this rhetorical question. Should people cheat God? Let's just ask that question together. I'm just curious what you all think. Should people cheat God? Yet you've cheated me. But you ask, God, what do you mean I've cheated you? What do you mean we cheat you? Watch this. You've cheated me out of the tithe. The divine portion and the offerings due to me you are under a curse if you put your hand if you start to touch what belongs to god he stops touching what belongs to you you are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me but there's an answer watch this read it with me what do we do then bring all the ties into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple i love this watch if you do Says the Lord of Heaven's Armies, "I will open the windows of heaven for you." Read it with me. I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it and put me to the test. You know. You know what? Here's what he's saying. You say, "Well, okay, Pastor Steve, listen. So, so the the tithe, the tenth, is is the divine portion. I'm not supposed to touch it. So, what am I supposed to do? This is what you're supposed to do. The, the media team hates when I come on the floor." This is what you do. Every time you get a paycheck, you get $200, $20 is God's. It's not yours. Don't touch it. Belongs to God. You get a card from Grandma. Don't you love when Grandma sends you a card? I love it. You get a a card, $20, $2. It's not yours. It's God's. That's the divine portion. That's the tithe. What do you do with it? The Word says you bring it to God. God, I don't want this. This is not mine. This is yours. Mama taught me don't touch things that don't belong to me. When I touch things that belong to me, I can get hurt. And so, Lord, I don't want to get cursed. I want to be blessed. Some of you here, listen, you're struggling. You're like, God, Pastor Steve, I don't understand why I'm struggling, why we're struggling in our home. I don't understand why we're struggling physically. I don't understand why we're struggling financially. Let me, listen, the word tells us because you're under a curse. What does that mean? It means you're not blessable. God will not put his blessing on people who live in disobedience. Do you, would you expect anything less from God? Listen, all of us in this room, we've seen the parents that like the little kid is throwing, the three-year-old little girl's throwing an absolute fit. She's having a come apart, as we say in the South. She's having a come apart right in the middle of Walmart. She's losing her mind, looks devil, looks demon possessed. Someone needs to cast the devil out of her. Freaking out. And and listen, how many parents are going to still buy that little girl the Barbie? Well, some of you are, and you need to be here next week for the series. But listen, nobody's going to bless that. Nobody's going to bless that. God will never bless and honor disobedience. And so what do you do with the tithe? You bring the tithe to God. You bring it to the storehouse. Now, listen, does that mean, so Pastor Steve, so I'm, I'm watching this telev- televangelist on TV. <clears throat> hey, I got this great nonprofit I want to give to <clears throat> Hey, I know this friend in need, man, they're really struggling. I'm, can I give, you can give to them, but not your tithe. Your tithe, your first, your best, your 10th goes to God. Can I help my neighbor? The tithe, the divine portion, belongs to God. And so I want you just to be clear that you don't give to church, you give through the church to God. The Israelites came to the temple, but they gave to God. Today, God calls us in obedience for him to be able to bless us. And here's what he's saying. This is the great thing. Bring that last verse up in Malachi. He says, put me to the test. He's saying, if you're here you're like, I don't know if I buy this, I don't know if I believe this, God says, try it out and see. Because you've already seen what it's like when you put your hand on God's stuff and he takes his hand off of your stuff. I just want to challenge you to switch it around. Take your hand off of God's stuff and let God put his hand on your stuff and watch what happens. Because here's the promise. Watch this. Here's the promise. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter three, verse nine and verse 10. It says, read it with me. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything that you produce. So we're to honor God, not just with our words, not just with our actions, but with our wealth. Read it with me. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wines. Now, I know if you're a Baptist, you don't like this verse, but it's in there. He'll fill your barns with grain. He'll, 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 your vats will overflow with good wine. You know what God's saying? God's saying, I'll give you more than you can handle. I will bless you. I will prosper you. You will be on the receiving end of the tangible and intangible favor of God when you walk in the area of obedience and stop touching the divine portion. Stop holding back the tithe and make the decision to give to God. You say, well, Pastor why does it really matter? Because it opens the windows of heaven for you. Tithing opens doors. I just believe that with all my life. For 25 years, my wife and I have been bringing the tithe. For 25 years. This isn't something I talk about. This is something we practice. It's not just something I preach. It's something we do. We've been bringing the tithe for 25 years. And for 25 years, our life has been on this kind of slope. That God has shown us favor and open doors. And we've walked in health and strength and joy and favor and peace and God's ability. And God has continued to bless us and increase us and put his hand. And I'm just telling you, the more I walk in this, the less I want to touch what belongs to him. Because I've seen what happens. I've seen what happens when every day I make a decision. God, that part doesn't belong to me. That part belongs to you. I thank you for the nine, but the 10th one, that's yours. And I'm going to give it to you. And God, as I give it to you, I believe that you're going to bless me in return. I believe you're going to prosper me in return. I believe that you're going to put your hand upon my life. And the grain is coming in by the bucket loads. My wine vats, hallelujah, going to be overflowing in the name of Jesus. That's what the word says. Come on. Let me just tell you why, why, why this really matters. See, let me just give you this principle. Remember, what did, what did Eve do? Come on, guys. What did Eve do with the fruit? What did she do? What did she do with it? She, she ate it. See, God says when you take the fruit, it's like you eating it. And, and here's why I want you to be a giver and not a keeper or a taker. Here, here's why I want you to make the decision to stop leaning on the way you think about money and lean on the way he talks about money, to be a tither, to give a tenth. Here's why. It's not because God needs your money, but watch this. 2 Corinthians, let me go read this first real quick. 2 Corinthians, he says this, verse 9. I, I like using this knife. It just gives me more authority. Just, I, just, I just dare you to go home and, and tell your friends, hey, what would your pastor talk about? He talked about giving and he used a knife. (laughs) Listen, all of you are going to give. No, I'm just kidding. I I said this first service. Some of you remember this. It's like, that's not a knife. This is a knife. How many people remember that? Some people are like, "Uh," okay, so. All right, I'm losing traction quick. Read this with me. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. This is so key. G- Jesus is teaching here. Watch this. Paul is teaching the word of God. He's saying, listen, I want you to, here's a principle. You already know this. You can't have a crop unless you plant seed. You can't have a harvest unless you make, sow something in the ground. You can't have a return unless you send something forth. Remember, same way a farmer plants, he gets a return. He says, you want a big return? You got to plant some seed. Next verse, watch this, verse 10, he says, for God is the one, read it with me, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. Watch, watch. Everyone here, everything you have has come from God. I know you think you're smart, you got degrees, you go to work, yeah, 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 yeah. God gave you strength, gave you wisdom, gave you smarts, gave you favor to get you in school, got you the degree, got you out, got you the job, gives you strength in your legs, breath in your lungs every day to get up and get to the job. It's all God, it's all his. But he says, listen, the the nine, you can frolic around. The nine, that's yours, but the 10th, the divine portion, that's mine. And he says, here's why. Watch, watch, watch. He said, the bread for food, that's yours. You know what you do with bread? You eat it. But the fruit, don't eat your fruit. You know why when you eat fruit, when you eat that 10th one, God doesn't need your money. Here's what happens. When we give God what belongs to him, Hold on. Shauna, get this for me. <laughs> There's a seat in here, I promise. Y'all just, just talk amongst yourselves for a minute. <laughs> so, a rabbi, a priest, and a... <laughs> They walk into a bar. <laughs> here's why, I watch, watch. Just, just like, just back up and like catch up right here. So here's why, I watch. Because when you eat the fruit, you throw away the seed. But when you bring that fruit, when you bring the tenth, the divine portion, the tithe, the first, the best to God, God takes it. And He takes your seed. And he plants it back into your life. God don't need your money, He wants your obedience. God doesn't want your money, He wants your heart. He you said, "Well, he 's got my heart. You know what the Bible says? Jesus said, "Listen, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. If God don 't have your treasure, he don't have your heart. God wants to, you to be blessed. He wants you to experience the life that comes from a relationship with the living God. And he says the channel that that can move through, the channel that often moves through, listen, it's not about money, it's about your heart, it's about your relationship, it's about your love, that if you love God, you serve God, you obey God, it will come through. Hands off the divine portion. Here's the reason, watch this, is because down in here, again, guys, watch this, there is a seed. I tried to get this out first service and there's a texture in here. I'm not gonna try again, I'm like... I almost Blue child first service, I'm telling you. I got, a, I got one that was kind of overripe, and it's like, Ugh. So I want you to know something. Watch this. This is just so huge. God's saying, listen, when you take the 10th, you hold on to it. You're not blessable. But when you say, God, I'm going to do it your way and not my way, I'm going to trust your way and not mine. I know it's hard. It doesn't make sense. God, I got bills coming in. This, is, this, this, this message, by the way, is not a message for you to be financially responsible. God's plan to tithe is not the only part of God's plan. God wants you to be wise spenders. God wants you to be smart investors. God wants you to be savers. So God does have a plan for the other 90, but I believe it just starts with the trust to say, God, not my way, but yours. I want to experience your blessing in my life. I want to experience your favor. So the choice is yours. You can still go to heaven and never, never tithe anything. Or you're gonna experience the tangible and intangible favor of God now. Some of you have already done this. Some of you have already done this. Some of you, you're, you're not tithers, you're tippers, and you're wondering why. Why am I not experiencing I give, because it, we're not talking about giving. We're talking about tithing. The 10th, the first, the best belongs to God. And I wanna challenge you Today to open up the windows of heaven in your life and in your marriage and in your home and start bringing to God through the local church what belongs to him and believe that as you take your hand off of what belongs to God, he's gonna put his hand on what belongs to you. I've seen it for 25 years and I can tell you God is faithful. There's a lot of people in this room you could talk to that have experienced it for years and you can talk to them that God is faithful. And so I just wanna pray today. I I wish... Here's the thing, I'll be honest. I hate talking about money, but I love talking about money. I hate it because I know that there's a lot of you in this room that question my motives. I don't make any more money if offerings go up. I don't get a 10th of the offering. If y'all give twice as much this week, I don't get a bigger paycheck. I have no motive in this. and I wish I could take my heart and show it to you. I have no motive other than not to get something from you, but to get something to you. I so desperately want you to experience God's favor in your life. And I'm just telling you the way he said you could do it through the area of being a tither. And so if you're not, if you're not giving anything, not, don't take my word, take God's word. Try me, try me. Make a decision to start being a tither. If you're a tipper, I wanna encourage you to step up to the tithe challenge. A lot of you in this room, you're already tithers. And so you, you wrote me off 25 minutes ago. And I just wanna tell you this. When you're already a tither, sometimes you just get in that rhythm, that mode of doing it because you do it. That's, yeah, write the check. Text online, we text give. It's easy just to open up my, my iPhone real quick, text in the amount. Thank you, for your, thank you for your contribution. That's what comes back. Listen, I want you to get out of the habit of doing it by rote and get back in faith. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that you have met all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And while it doesn't make sense to me, I choose not to lean on my own understanding, but to lean on yours. And Father, as I give, I do my faith that as I sow, I'm gonna reap. And Father, I'm gonna see the favor of God show up in my life. I'm gonna be prospered the way you said in your word. I'm gonna be on the receiving end of the tangible and intangible favor of God. I believe this week, that God, you're going to open doors for me. I believe this week you're going to show me your favor. I'm telling you, when you start giving like that, you'll shout when you text it in. Hallelujah! You Text that in. You probably won't get a good response from our system, but text it in and see what happens. So I want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands or anything like that because I don't want to embarrass you between you and Jesus. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you today that we could seriously look at your word, but I thank you as well we could have fun doing it. I pray, though, that the Holy Spirit would come. God, you have a clear path for us to walk. And God, it's a glorious path. It's a path of your favor. It's a path of your presence. God, not just money, but Lord, in a lot of the areas of our lives, we choose to walk our own path. And Father, we face the consequences for it. I pray today in Jesus' name that, God, you would convince people of your word. I pray you would convict them, God, to get obedient in that area of their life. As hard as it'll be, as much of a struggle it'll be, I pray that God, in their obedience, that God, they'll sense your favor. God, they'll draw closer to you in the relationship. And I pray you'll open the windows of heaven over their life. And so, Father, move people, God, who are holding on to letting go, move people from being tippers to tithers, and move people who are already tithers back into faith to believe you for the favor you promised. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody who agreed, said amen. 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 Come on, can we thank God today for his word?